thank you for everything and for those of you who provided meals for us. We sure do enjoy the time with you and thank you so much for caring for us and we've enjoyed the time we've spent with several of you of the families so far in the church. I was just thinking as the ladies were singing about about Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I don't think there's a believer around who doesn't, who doesn't, isn't, isn't at times and maybe frequently grieved by, you know, our old sin nature. And we obviously cannot be perfect and sinless in this life. And often the sin nature will manifest itself in causing disruptions in our family life, in our relationships. And, and I think that we'll have much more victory if we could just learn to walk in the Spirit and just be yielded to the Lord and let the Spirit of God have control of us more of the time. We, we just have too much flesh uh, in us. And, and that's not a, comment, a commentary on anybody's size, but uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, we're inclined to, to live and walk in the flesh instead of the Spirit. It doesn't come naturally to us. But the more we know the Lord and the longer we know the Lord, the more we ought to understand that principle and walk in the Spirit. And it's a great thing to focus on the family. Uh, and we're going to talk about an important uh, family dynamic this evening. If you'd open your Bible with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read just one verse as our text verse tonight, and I said, I said, I think it was yesterday sometime, I said something about that I would plan to, to preach a message on the subject of communication, and that's what we're going to consider tonight. And I titled the message, The Art of Communication, and I don't know if it's an art form or not, but it's something that definitely should be practiced. And Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16, and it just mentions it in passing, and we need to enlarge on this a little bit. The Bible says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And we're going to talk about communication. It is said to be a critical key to a good marriage relationship. And I believe good communication not only affects the marriage relationship, but also how we relate to and how effectively we teach and train and bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But it starts with the husband-wife relationship, and communication is very important. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit tonight, of what, what the Bible would indicate to us is necessary for us to have good communication as husband and wife. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless as we consider this important truth. And Father, you want us to be uh, like Christ and His church in our relationship. The Bible says that Ephesians 5 teaches us that Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it and, and that husbands are to love their wife even as Christ also loved the church. And the wife is to submit to her husband as unto the Lord and she is to reverence or respect her husband and and Father, you've, ex you've planned for the marriage relationship to be a close and endearing relationship. And there are a lot of things that go into that. It won't happen automatically. I pray that you'll help us to see the importance of observing these biblical principles. And Father, you're the one that invented marriage, and you know how to make it work 
best. May we learn uh, helpful truth even tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In regard to communication, this word, this word appears a number of times in the Bible, in the New Testament, the King James Bible. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But, but the, the reality is that, that I, I think if there's one, if there's one prevailing uh, uh, complaint that wives have about their marriage relationship, and, and no, no committed and loyal wife wants to complain about her husband, but if she's honest about it, and in, in counseling couples in, in a marriage relationship over the years, I've, I've picked up on this. A lot of wives uh, grieve because they feel that they don't have good communication with their husband. And, you know, men, I guess, probably often take pride in the fact that they are the strong, silent type, right? And you just grit it out, and, and manhood is supposed to not complain and just be quiet and just take it in, take it, you know, with silence and all of this and that sort of thing. And, and sometimes we get a little confused as to how far that should actually go. And men, the reality is men are less inclined to express themselves than, than ladies are. And a few years back, I read that on average, uh, a woman may speak 25,000 words in a day, and a man may speak less than 10,000 words in a day. Men are just given less to words than ladies are. And is that because, is that because he's a, he's a person of action, not just talking? Yeah, and the men would say, yeah, amen, amen. You know, we, we're, we're, we're people of action. We don't just talk about it, we do something. Well, you know, it's good. It's good to take action. It's good to, to step out and step up to a problem, to a situation. But it's also very good for us to have a, have a, a, a healthy communication relationship with our spouse. And, and single people should realize this, um, that, that although, although in your life marriage May seem like if you're, if you're a single young adult or a teenager who's getting up to marriageable age, you, it may seem like marriage. Oh, that's the apex. That's the epitome. You know, I just can't wait until I can get married. A lot of times married folks grieve and they realize, you know what? This is a lot of work. And it's not all peaches and cream and it's, and, and, and sometimes, uh, married folks, I've had, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not downgrading marriage by any means, but, but marriage isn't going to be happy and fulfilling just because you're married. And I had a, a person tell me a long time ago, you know, and and she said it with uh, with tears. She said, "There are a whole lot of things in life worse than being single." And and uh, she was having difficulties in her marriage relationship and that was what motivated her to say that but but the reality is that that a, a good thriving and fruitful marriage relationship demands a lot of sacrifice and a lot of concessions and if you happen to be in your in your 20s or in your 30s and you're not married yet uh, you know what it's going to be a tough road for you because you already have a lot of you have a lot of deeply ingrained habits in your life already set up. Your life is set up 
and you've got a lot of habits that you're going to have to sacrifice and say, okay, that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter for the sake of our marriage relationship. And uh, the point is that it demands something of us. The marriage relationship does. There is a large degree of relationship dissatisfaction in our world today. And a whole lot of people are dissatisfied in their marriage. And I mentioned this yesterday, that although the divorce rate is down in America, that's only, and, and I read specifically an article today, blaming it on the millennials, because so many of the millennials have chosen to uh, avoid marriage. And so there aren't as many divorces because there aren't nearly as many marriages as there once were in America. And it used to be, say 20 years ago, it used to be that something like 40 some odd percent of, of 18 year olds and upward, 18 to 60 year olds, say for example, uh, were married people. 40% in America. And that, that percentage has dropped at least 10% in recent years, perhaps even more, less and less people are getting married. And that's a shame. And that's a terrible, um, that's a terrible uh, a report about, about the morality of our nation. But the fact of the matter is, God intended for marriage to be a joyful and a fruitful relationship. And a husband should be invested in his wife's life so that he has a sincere desire to know her heart. And this is known through communication. We looked at 1 Peter chapter 3 last night. Look at it again. Look at it again. And, and we're going to read just the one verse here that applies to this principle. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 deals with the submission and a, and a humble spirit of a wife who's willing to yield to her husband's leadership. But then verse 7 says, likewise, ye husbands, Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And we could preach a whole message just on this one verse, but I think it's notable that the first thing he says here is that the husband is to, is commanded uh, under, under the word of God to dwell with his wife according to knowledge. And, and that means he gets to know what she's all about. And how does that happen except through conversation and communication? How does that happen except through a husband listening to his wife and conversing with his wife? How do you get to know to somebody? How do you get to really know somebody? And you talk about somebody being your, your, your bosom buddy or your BFF, you know. Uh, uh, how do you get close to someone like that? Well, you communicate with them so you know what they're all about. And the Bible doesn't overlook this in the marriage relationship. Husband, dwell with your wife according to, to knowledge and give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel as being heirs together of the grace of life. I love that phrase, being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And I want to share some thoughts with you this evening about communication and what it entails, what it demands. And some, some man may say, some husband may say, I don't, I don't feel the need 
to get deeply involved in conversations and, you know, pointed specific communication uh, at times with, with anybody. Well, you know what, young man? She does. She does. I tell young couples that I'm counseling before marriage, hey, man, you better get used to the idea that often your wife will just need to talk and have you be an attentive listener, and it may be at, the, it may be at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when you feel like you should have been asleep by three, about three hours by then, and you're still conversing, communicating with your spouse. And that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight is the issue of communication and how important it is. This word communication occurs six times in the King James Bible and communicate four times. And of the of the times that it occurs in the Bible, the English word is found uh, wherever that word is found in the New Testament. Only half of the time does it have to do with the actual speaking of words. And sometimes it does have to do with the actual speaking of words. Communication. Well, isn't that what communication is? Well, that's part of it. But there's a whole lot more to communication than just the actual speaking of and listening to words. Look with me quickly. We'll look at a couple of examples where, where it is the word that, that is, has as its root the word logos, which means word. Just exchanging words. Look at Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, here's one example where it just has to do with the words that we speak. Matthew 5.37, Jesus said, But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And he's just talking about words there. Another example is Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29, and let me just read this verse for you for the sake of time. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. In other words, don't say dirty words. Don't say evil or malicious words. And so when it's talking about communication, it is just talking about the exchange of words. But in at least half of the cases this word occurs in the New Testament, it's much more than that. It's a different root word, and it means something that's more involved than just speaking words or communicating words. And I want to bring out the principle tonight that, first of all, for husband and wife, uh, the art of communication is selflessness. It's selflessness, and it's more than words. And it's connecting and sharing. And, and a good question for, since men are, are typically the ones who have the most trouble with this sort of thing, understanding it. Do you, do you find yourself impatient when it comes to real conversations with your spouse? Do you find yourself impatient? And I would confess that, that, that I would have to answer that with a yes. Sometimes I have felt impatient when it comes to communication with my spouse. And I've come to the conclusion that in order to have a good, thriving relationship with her, 
I've got to be unselfish. I've got to be selfless. It's not what I feel like I need. It's what I know she needs, and I'm willing to give whatever it is she needs. And communication demands selflessness. And often a husband doesn't want to take the time to listen. This can be a problem with husbands. We should understand some things about communication. And it has been commonly said that conversation is like a game of catch. You know, somebody throws a ball and the other person catches it and then they throw it back. It's not just one person that keeps throwing more and more and more and more balls because they never get one back, you know. And he's the strong, silent type, and he doesn't respond. He just he just goes about his business while she keeps throwing balls to him. That's not a game of catch. That's not a conversation. That's not communication. It requires a give and take, and it requires an exchange. A woman needs to be validated by her husband. She deeply cares what he thinks. And although a man may not realize this, it's absolutely true. She deeply cares what he thinks about things. And sometimes she talks about things just because she wants to know what he thinks about what she's thinking. And if he has no opinion or he won't communicate with her, uh, that can be the same thing as, as a rejection. And it will, it will destroy her spirit in time. Because she gets her validation from her husband and she needs to be validated by her husband. Here's a good question. Man, do you value your wife? Do you value, if you're married, do you value your wife? And every man would say, yeah, absolutely, I value my wife. Well, then listen to her, encourage her that what she's thinking is not stupid. You know, I've, I've crossed this bridge so many times over the years, and I kind of alluded to it yesterday, about the fact that, you know, a, a, a husband needs a good contributing partner. And I made a statement about my wife and how determined she is about some things, and that's been good for me over the years, that she's been determined about things over the years. And I have found out, in addition to that, that she thinks about things a lot more than I do. And I'm a, I'm a hit-the-high-spots type of guy in a lot of cases, but my wife really thinks about things. And how many of you guys would say, yeah, she thinks about things a lot more than I do. You'd admit that. Just lift your hand, okay? You know that. Sure you do. She thinks about things a lot more than I do. And she's not the one who runs the show. And that's not God's place for her. And if a, a godly wife, by the way, has no desire to do that anyway. But she is a very, very valuable partner in your life and you need her input there are a whole lot of things a whole lot of things more than I could even list I would never think of it, they would never even cross my mind if it weren't for a godly wife who, who just thinks about things and she has helped me so many times 
you know, you've heard about, you've heard about something being, uh, you know, a, a mile wide and an inch deep. We need more depth than that. We can be very shallow and superficial. And it's a good thing that God's given us a wife who has some wisdom and has the ability to think a little deeper into things than what we normally would. She has perspectives that will help you be a better man. She has perspectives that will help your home be a better home. You'll be a better father, a better husband. You'll be a better manager. You'll be a better deacon, you know, if you're a deacon. If you'll, you'll be a better Sunday school teacher. You'll be a better counselor. You'll be a better preacher. Amen? Not because, not because as the standard joke goes, she writes my sermons for me. You know, not that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about perspectives. And I'm saying that a husband needs to listen to his wife and he needs to communicate with his wife because she has so much to offer in that relationship. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 for a second. And here's the, here's the proper order. Confidence is a huge factor here. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22, the Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And then we cut to verse 33, where the Bible says at the very end of this chapter, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband, and that means to give him respect. And why? Why, he needs her respect, and he will be a better man if he has it. And it's true for her too, and if she knows he has confidence in her, she'll be a better woman. I read about the virtuous woman and what an amazing and productive woman she is described in Proverbs 31. I mean, uh, uh, buying and selling fields and, and making clothes and providing for her family and all that. You know what? I don't think that she'd be half that, half that productive, half of the woman if her husband didn't have confidence in her. She has the confidence herself to go ahead and be all those things because she's got a, a godly husband who will praise her in the gates and who will listen to her and validate her. She has so much to offer. There are a lot of marriages today that are suffering because a wife is being stifled rather than being encouraged. And communication is such an important factor in all this. It requires selflessness. The fact of the matter is, and I don't say this to, to um, in any way demean women, but I have learned, I, I, I've had a lot to learn about females over the years. I didn't have any sisters. The only woman I was really close to growing up was my mom. And, and that's different, you know. And my sons have an advantage that I never had. And most of you young men here have, have an advantage because maybe you've grown up with sisters. A lot of what I've learned about women, I've learned from my wife and learned from counseling and, and just being around other ladies over the years. But I've, I've learned this, that many women 
take a long time to get to the point. And a woman should understand this about a man. Uh, we've always said that in many ways it was easier to raise sons than to raise daughters because what you see is what you get with a boy. I mean, it's just a straight shot and he just launches right, right to the, right to the goal. Whereas the female sort of beats around the bush and can, can take some, uh, what, what could be considered to be deceptive means to get there. And when she's coming to a point, she may go around it two or three times before she actually gets there. And, and that takes some time and that requires some patience. But the reason is likely because she's not sure how she'll be, how she'll be responded to or received and what she's communicating puts her at risk. And so she's being cautious about it. And it requires patience in a man. Well, why didn't she just come out and say that? If that's what she meant. Well, that's the way ladies are. And if a man doesn't want to learn how to, how to adapt to that, he probably should not get married. <laughs> Amen? Good communication demands unselfishness. He's got to be willing to listen. He's got to be willing to communicate the, and and selfishness to un, selflessness to communicate with someone this word often means to fellowship to serve to bless and communication is selflessness communication is sharing what is marriage it's two lives share a man and a woman sharing their life together i read something that i use frequently uh, uh, in, in doing marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, written by Norman Wright, who wrote some excellent books on marriage and pre-marriage counseling. And he said, commitment in a marriage is absolutely essential. And we know this. That's really the true definition of love. And when somebody says, oh, we're going to get a divorce because I don't love her anymore, I don't love him anymore, that's just pure selfishness. That's not love anyway. You please me or you don't please me. Love, real biblical love, is commitment. I'm committed to this person. And in a marriage application, I'm committed to this person for life, no matter what, no matter what. And that's absolutely essential for longevity in a marriage relationship. Commitment. But, but right, Norman Wright said, uh, beyond commitment, it is commitment to the adventure of what our life will become. Because life changes, and that's what life is. Life is change. Things are not going to be the same, but we're committed to the changes, to the adventure of what the changes will bring. And I thought that was kind of a sweet definition. Sharing a life. And we all change, and life means change, but we're committed to it. We share this adventure together. And communication is sharing. It means we're willing to give of ourselves. It means we're willing to invest in that relationship so that we can keep on growing 
because we're committed to it. And communication is sacrifice. Look again to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And that word communicate, this is interesting. I'm always fascinated when I begin to study, as your pastor is, uh, verses and words, particularly that word communicate, but to do good and communicate, forget, forget not, with such sacrifices God is well pleased. That communicate is the same, exactly the same word as is most often translated communion and fellowship. Koinonia, it's the same word, exactly the same word. And he's talking about things that we do to be a blessing to each other. It means uh, communion to fellowship. In other words, sharing in common. And this kind of ministry involves sacrifice. And it is a sacrifice. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. When we share, when we give ourselves to, to be a blessing to somebody else because of what we have in common, the Bible says that's a sacrifice. And it's one that we willingly make for those whom we love. It's a sacrifice we willingly make for the people we love. And God says he is well pleased with those kinds of sacrifices. That word sacrifice, sacrifices, occurs nearly 300 times in the Bible. And in most cases, it's the same word and it means sacrifice. That's what it means. And in communicating that sharing, that commonality can be a sacrifice and something that requires, and what that means is we're willing to lay ourselves down, we're willing to yield ourselves and give up something that we have for the purpose of investing on that level. And why do we make that sacrifice? Well, we make that sacrifice we make any sacrifice because of love and devotion. Love and devotion makes us willing to make a sacrifice. Amen? Isn't that true? And some people say, well, I sacrifice for the Lord because of love and devotion, not because it's demanded of me or because I feel obligated somehow. I make a sacrifice in our marriage relationship with our children or whatever, you know, on the job, or wherever it is, because I am devoted in that particular area. And we make a sacrifice in regard to our marriage relationship, to our spouse, to our wife, to our husband, because of love and devotion. I'm willing to give of myself. Now turn with me to Psalm 54. Psalm 54. And there are a few verses that we would consider here very quickly. Psalm 54, verse 6 says, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. And this is about giving to the Lord because of love and devotion. And a sacrifice is pleasing unto the Lord. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Listen to Psalm 116, verse 7. They have hands, but they handle not. 
feet have they, but they walk not, neither speak they through their throat. This is about those false gods, idols that can't do anything, and yet people sometimes make sacrifices to them. They're not worthy of them. They're not worthy. That, that kind of a false god is not worthy of devotion and love, but the one true God is. You know Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Another use of that word, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And why do people sacrifice for the Lord? And for the Lord's work and for the Lord's church? Because of love and devotion. And we do the same thing or ought to be willing to do the same thing when it comes to our spouse. And sacrificing for the Lord and for others is not an uncommon theme in the Bible. Ephesians 5.2 says, Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Sacrificing. And Christ sacrificed for us, and we ought to be willing, of course, to lay down our lives for others, for the brethren, and to sacrifice and serve Him as well, because of love and devotion. And sacrificing for the Lord is not uncommon in the Word of God. And I would say to you that communication is and can be a sacrifice. It's something we offer out of love and devotion. We're, lo- we're, we're devoted to our, to the, to the special marriage relationship the Lord's given us. The family relationship that we share together. We're devoted to that. And love motivates us to be willing to be selfless, to be willing to be sacrificial, to be willing to communicate, to share. We make that sacrifice out of love and devotion. And I would, I would challenge you, uh, don't deny your spouse this selfless sharing sacrifice. It does not replace spiritual leadership. Communication and cooperation do not replace spiritual leadership. As, I, as, we, as we considered yesterday, I think it was in the Sunday school hour, spiritual leadership demands something of us. It requires that we rise to the occasion. This is the way walk ye in it, or Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says. And so we take suggestions and observations, but it's the man's job to make decisions and to stand by them, and that should never be compromised, and that should never be considered to be lost in the communication process. It, communication is essential, even though it does not replace certain other key elements in the marriage relationship, but it's very important. And I would challenge you, whether you're, if you're a married man, I would challenge you to work toward better communication with your wife, with your, with your sweetheart. I would communicate, I would, I would challenge you to work toward better communication with your children. Some kids don't know what dad's thinking. Because he never says. They don't know what he necessarily believes or thinks about some things because he never expresses himself. I would challenge men, I would challenge you to work toward expressing yourself 
more completely. And I would challenge the wives in the room, don't feel like you've got to just shut down or clam up because you have maybe decided that your husband doesn't, doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to hear. He needs to. And I think that's something that every husband should be reminded of. Listen, I need for you to hear me. I need for you. Are you listening? I need for you to talk to me. A husband needs to be reminded of that. It's his nature to, to be of few words, probably. And he needs to be encouraged to come out and communicate and speak. And be patient if he's just learning the importance of this. Be patient with him. He's not trying to be mean. He's just being himself. <laughs> but we, as men, probably most of us need to learn some new habits. We need to learn some new habits. So we can be a better blessing to our, to our, to our wife, our spouse, our family. Well, it's an important subject and we could say a whole lot about it. Those, I think, are the basic elements of good communication, unselfishness, and sharing and sacrifice. And we understand that. We understand the need. It's important for us to practice this. And may our marriages be stronger and more joyful and more rewarding as a result of that.